Hey, everybody, and welcome to a long-awaited COVID-19 recovery episode, antibody episode, I'm not sure, of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. And uh, this is an all-kinds-of-special episode. Uh, Jason and I are sharing a mic, which we never do. And um, also, we both had the coronavirus, so we have antibodies coursing through us. If you want us to send you a vial of our spit that you could maybe put in a smoothie or something so that you can have our antibodies, we'd be happy to do so. Yeah, I could lick a game for you and send it your way. (laughs) I don't mind. We are here for you. That's what we're willing to do. But yeah, Jason and I uh, had COVID-19. We thankfully, you know, praise the Lord, didn't have any really negative... um, Side effects are real hard issues with it, but it was pretty terrible, which is why we did not have a podcast last week. Yeah, I mean, I had a bad fever and had a, a worse cough than I have now. So if you hear some coughing, it's going to be hard to edit out today. So bear with us. Again, we're pretty okay. So this is what you should expect. But we are coming back to you with another section of our top 100 getting closer, closing in on the holiday season. So lots of good stuff. Is that all for Witty Banner? Yeah, I got nothing. (laughs) Or zany banter. We don't do Witty Banter here. There's nothing Witty about this show. (laughs) All right, let's talk about news. And the first piece of news is better late than never, but... So exciting. Grand Austria Hotel has an expansion. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, Rado played this on his channel, and it looked awesome. You get to do some dancing. I did not watch Rado's review. You never watch Rado's review. I do. I watch, More than anyone else do I watch Rado. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> that is probably true. That bar might be low, but it still is more Rado than anyone. Um, so, yes, this expansion is called Let's Waltz, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and when this podcast airs, it is the last day. So you, if you have not checked this out, we did a little bit of buzz on the riveted. If you haven't checked it out, you need to, cause man, Grand Austria Hotel, one of my absolute favorite games of all time. And now this has like, I think maybe five modules or something to it. Something like, I think that's right. I know nothing about it other than when it came out, <laughs> I clicked back. That's it. Whoa. Jason did an Insta back. That like never happens. It's a good game. Right. Um, so I think there's there's several modules. I'm thinking at least four, prob- I think five. Um, some of them are just extra cards, like more um, customers. And you've got, I think, some more employees. But there is like kind of a new mechanic where after you fulfill a guest order, you can send them to the ballroom and get points that way. It's like a, a different kind of thing to keep track of. Um, I know there's a couple other things on it. You can also deluxify your Grand Austria Hotel game through that, which through some of my fickle favorites. I'm looking at you, Mike McCorney. Ours is already pretty much deluxified. So Jason just backed the expansion. Um, and the expansion is $47. And the, it's ending as of the day this podcast drops. So if you somehow miss that, you need to check it out. If you love worker placement, if you love like, Dice, what do you call that? It's dice drafting. Dice drafting. Oh, man. You need to check this out. You can also get um, the base game of Grand Austria Hotel, part of the Kickstarter as well. So check that out. It is today, and it's uh, 47 bucks. You should already have the Grand Austria game. I mean, come on. Come on. We've only been talking about that for years. (laughs) 
That's true. I can't wait to play it. I hope it. I'll still be able to win. So the next thing I want to talk about, the next game I found actually remind me a lot of Deep Blue, which is um, what? one. Yes, one of our favorites um, because it's that push your luck um, deep sea diving, which I love, and it's called Salvage Hidden Treasures. And so in this game, like you have got boats, and you also have the option to buy more boats that can go on these salvage dives. And so you've got kind of like these tiles maybe more like cards. I'm not sure how thick they are that they, you can get treasure on them. Some of them have like pirates that show up. Some of them have weather things. So like they're also events. So it's kind of a push your luck. You don't know what's going to come up next on your dive. Is it going to be bad weather? Is it going to be treasure? Is it going to be pirates? Um, it's a, looks like a pretty light family weight game, but the artwork is neat. And, um, I, I, I love that kind of, deep sea diving theme so there's five days left in that kickstarter and it's 36 bucks which is a pretty good deal i think yeah i think i might have to back this i'm looking it up right now i don't know i don't it might be too late for you i don't know it's push your luck those are always light <laughs> that's true um but yeah i think the artwork's cool i just i like that there's like four phases to each turn so you decide am i gonna buy an extra boat so i can try to do more diving am i gonna um take this wreck and i think um i'm trying to remember if this is the one that there's multiple ways to play it you can work together and it's it's 12 rounds so it has like a limited round number unless you're playing like a two versus two and then it's i think 20 rounds but it's the phases of the moon is the round counter which i also think is pretty cool and they've got other interesting stuff in the kickstarter like i think t-shirts and stuff which i think is kind of funny um but it, I think it looks like a fun little treasure diving game. So that is Salvage Hidden Treasures. It's a little expensive for what it is, I think. But it does sound cool. All right. And the last game I want to talk about, I believe someone mentioned this in the Riveted. Was this you, Tim? Maybe. Some would call him Tim. And that is Pachacuna. I think it was Scott. Oh, Scott. Shoot. Yeah. Scott, I like you better than this Tim. Doesn't anyway. have, this doesn't have minis. Tim would never <laughs> That's talk true. about this. No minis, no Cthulhu. It's not Tim. <laughs> It's Scott. I like Scott better than Tim anyway. Ooh, <laughs> called you out, Tim. Um, Pachacuna. It is a game with alpacas, I do believe. Or llamas. I think it's alpacas. They're the same. <laughs> They're not the same. They're effectively the same animal. <laughs> but in, this is a two-player only game. And you are like die traders. D-Y-E. And so you... What's really cool about this is these... It's got these cool... Um, Wait a minute. Pacha from Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Ah, I get it now. All right, keep going. Side note. As I was in the middle of explaining this really cool game. (laughs) Sorry, I just looked at it and it just registered in my head right now. Just like when Jason figured out, oh, that looks like the app uh, home screen of an iPhone on smartphone. Amazing. Anyway, so there's these cool, like, the, the board can change and move. So it's got these hexagons that are like two leveled which is cool because one player moves on like the mountain passes and the other player moves through the valleys and so you can like move tiles around to like adjust your path because you're trying to deliver these different colored dyes to these different little outposts that are all around the area and so um the first person to collect um to deliver all seven of the different colored dyes wins um also you get like this cool um like hand woven bag with the Kickstarter, 
Um, I, th- I think maybe you draw the tiles out or something. I'm not sure what you do with the bag or it just looks cool. I don't know. You can also like add on like a plush llama. Um, but So apparently they're llamas. They are llamas. Yeah. See, that's what I thought. Yeah, a large fabric bag that you can store the whole entire game in. Altiplano is alpac- alpacas yes. maybe. Yes. So this is actually llamas. And the llamas, the little llama meeples are wicked cute. And you can like actually lay the different like dye fabric things on top of them. And so um, if we ever back this game, I would just probably lose because I would just be playing with my llamas. But it's really cute. So I think this is definitely worth checking out. It's um, 11 days left of the Kickstarter, 43 bucks, And there's some cool bits in it. Yeah, I think this one sounds pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I would back it because it seems kind of abstracty, But it does look cool and it has a cool theme. And now that I know that that scene in Emperor's New Groove is a clue to what's going to happen. It makes so much more sense now. <laughs> right. I just think that, that that being able to rotate the tiles and that each player then navigates their pathway over the game board based on how the, like, if you're the mountain tile, the mountain part of the tile or the, like, valley part of the tile, I think that's a really neat thing. So that's Pachacuna. Check it out. And that's the news for today. <laughs> All right, so during the the COVID festivities uh, that we had, we actually managed to play a couple games. So uh, as according to Katie typing right now, it was three games that we played. And the first one that we're going to talk about, we wanted to play because we played, what was that? Uh, One of the West Kingdom games, and it felt just like this one, and that game was Orléans. So Orleans is a game where you're trying to pull chits out of a bag to get these certain workers to activate certain spaces on your player board. You're moving around the city of Orleans, trying to collect different types of resources. You're using those resources to earn points at the end of the game or turn them into score, like some pickup and deliver points. You're also trying to move up on like six tracks to get new chits to come into your bag to determine how many chits you can pull out of your bag. So, so much good times. And every round there's an event that's going to slap you around possibly. Or could give you some goodies. So we played Orléans. So what do you think about Orléans? I had forgotten kind of like what my strategy was or something. Like I had trouble getting started. I think it was Paladins. Oh, yeah, Paladins. Yes, that is right. <laughs> um, and every time there was a plague, my monks are the ones that always bit the dust, which made me real sad. But we played with the expansion. Intri- not Intrigue. You don't like Intrigue. Trade. Trade. We played the Trade expansion. Intrigue which- sucks. <laughs> Because it's mean. Um, Jason loves trade because he always likes to move around the map. But I actually did a lot of moving and I like banked major points through trade. So that was, that's fun. And then that, I guess that's why I like Orleans is because again, every time you play, you can do something different. There are multiple pathways to victory, which is a phrase I say all the time about why I love a game. And so, yeah, it's good. It is ugly as sin, but it is really fun. It's pretty gross. Like the art is like, I think Clemens Franz or something, that weird Agricola-style art. Everybody knows what it looks like. It's so gross. But yes, this is a great game, and after playing Paladins, we wanted to play Orléans, so we played it. One of the next games we played is a short little uh, simple push-your-luck game, and it's called The Legend of the Cherry Tree that blossoms once every 950 billion years. It's every 10 years, I think. But this is a little push-your-luck game where you're pulling cherry blossoms out of a bag, and depending on what type of blossoms you pull, you have a choice. Uh, you can put a, all of one color behind your board and some in front. If you bust, then you can only put some in front. And you're trying to do some set collection in the back of your board 
that only you can see to try to get different majorities of two different types of colors. And in the front, you're just trying to get more than, I think, four of each color so you can get positive points. And there's a, three little player power or special powers that you can get if you pull certain types of chits out of the bag. And it's pretty, but I'll let Kitty talk about that. So what do you think about this one? Yeah, compared to Orléans, which is like a lot of yellow or orange, um, the Legend of Cherry Tree is so, so gorgeous. And I love that about it. And it's Pusher Luck, which is one of Jason's favorite things. I kept busting like every single stinking time. Um, and I don't remember who won this, but I didn't do as bad as I thought. It was probably you. It was probably me. Um, but it's so simple. And yet you really have to think, okay, I can't leave any colors by themselves out front. What do I have going on in the back? Do I have cool colors? Do I have warm colors? How am I going to use the wilds at the end? Um, it's short. It's over so much faster than like you think. Um, but there's a lot of good decisions. Like it's, it's a good game. I'm glad we pulled out again. All right. And the final game that we played, and we're not even kidding. We really only played like three games and that would be the newest expansion for Harry Potter Hogwarts battle. We played charms already, but now we finally got the missing board and we were able to play the first box of potions. So basically what this adds is it's going to add an extra thing you can do in your turn based on some other stuff that happens. You can go take an ingredient for an, a potion to try to make this potion card and either activate it immediately and remove it from the game or collect it and put it in to your discard pile like a normal card that you would buy from the market. Um, it has different baddies just like every box does. It has different encounters that you have to complete. You can't win unless you complete all the encounters and kill Voldemort and you die if they take over the locations. So normal rules apply for the game, but the potions piece adds a little bit more stuff to do on your turn. And I dug it. What do you think? Yeah, I keep forgetting that there's extra boxes, so I don't know what those are going to be like. There's another box that has like twice as many potion cards. I know that, but I don't know what the other box is. I felt like um, it made the game easier. Like we had no trouble. We were stunned one time. I got stunned one time. Yeah, I was never stunned. And it. I think this is one of those games that it's somewhat easier to play with less players because you are pulling less Dark Arts cards. There's less um, hearts being lost. But really, like the potions and the charms expansions, I think lend to more player counts because in those, you start getting choices and things happen to the people on either side of you. Um, and you can choose like multiple characters or whatever. Um, so if you have two people, that limits that. But again, it's like super thematic. Like it really did not disappoint as far as that's concerned. Like all the different potion ingredients and, and what the cards did that you could get for potions. Um, I think are really great. I also love having more allies, more stuff. Um, I like seeing the different baddies come out. I like different dark arts cards. So it was a nice like refresher, I think, for the game that we've played a lot. Yeah, one of the things that I like is, I think it might have been in the monster box of monsters too, but some of the bad guys you can actually pay off. So you can like bribe them. So you don't always have to use lightning bolts, which is pretty neat. That's just a side. doesn't really change the game a lot, but I like it. So yeah, those are three games that we played. Hopefully, we'll be playing more games this weekend. We'll see. That's on the docket, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, the idea is hopefully that now that we're out of quarantine, we're actually able to see other people and play games. But we are keeping it under 10 people. You know, we got a curfew here in Ohio, so we got to watch ourselves. But yeah, we're hoping to get more games played now that we're actually feeling better. <laughs> 
So long awaited, I guess. Okay, one week awaited. Um, we want to head back to our top 100 games of all time. And this week we are tackling games number 60 through 51. So we are moving towards our top 50. All these games I would totally play right now if you came over and said, hey, let's pull this one out because these are all really good games. So, Jace, you want to start with your number 60? All right. So I wanted to dub this the best of the worst half of the top 100 because it's the top 10 of the bottom 50. That's good. That's good numbers. So 60 through 51 is what you're saying. (laughs) Best of the worst. Shut up. (laughs) All right, uh, my number 60 is a new game that is officially out, so I don't want to hear anybody's mouth, and it is from Kramer and Kiesling, Game Brewer, and it's called Paris. Um, This is a game where you're trying to control different sections of Paris by putting these keys down, which is basically your player piece, and you're trying to build big landmarks in those areas to help you along the area control journey. Uh, There's a little more to it than that, but you're going to these different spaces, you're earning some money, you're using money to buy different buildings, and you're just trying to be more efficient than your opponents. It's a cool rondelle. whole entire thing's a rondelle, which is cool. Um, there's a place in the middle where you can go to take some bonus actions, but it doesn't feel that great. But if you like Kramer and Kiesling, you like rondelles, you like really interesting themes, check out Paris. So my number 60 is Paris. Yeah, this is a good game. Did we get our, our full edition now? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, we haven't. I know some of you have it. Fred, I saw you've tried out your fancy look at one. It's really pretty, and there's some really cool decisions to be made. So, yeah, it's a good game. But does it smell like fire? <laughs> yes, ours does smell like fire because it's all like wood. <laughs> laser cut. Laser cut, which is, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> um, my number 60 is actually, uh, I guess, a little card game. Um, that looks kind of weird and it is Illimat. I think Jason's talked about this one already. Um, this game for some reason really appeals to people that like, if you're a Midwesterner, like to play Euchre cause it's a trick taking game sort of. Um, and the box becomes part of the gameplay area. Um, you're using kind of like tarot sized cards, but you've got like four different, you've got different suits and you're playing cards in fields. Each field has a different season. Each season has, um, gives you a different ability on what to play and what to do. And you're trying to collect, um, the most kind of point cards. It's black and white, which I love that aesthetic. And I don't know, it's just really fun and a really unique game. Um, so that's my number 60 is Illimat. Yeah, this is a really good game. I, I want to hate it cause it just seems so dumb, but it's so good. It's really fun. And like you play one game of it, you just want to keep playing cause it's super fun and it plays in like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. It's super short. It's really good. It does have some color though too. The little tarot cards have color. Mm. Yeah. The, the art, yeah, like, like blues blue and orange. And red or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my number 59 is a game from Bruno Catala and Days of Wonder. And it is called Five Tribes. So this is a Mancala style game where you're picking up pieces from one area of the board and you're dropping one piece, moving around orthogonally till you finally get to an ending space. When you get to the space where you have no pieces to drop, you're going to pick up all the pieces of one color and you're going to take an action with the piece of that color. You may be able to kill some pieces. You may be able to use some of the pieces to buy a genie. Because the ultimate goal is to score a pile of points and genies give you a lot of points and special powers. It's a really cool game. Um, it's 
it has some AP because the board's always changing and you can't really plan out your turn because you may want to go to this spot and then you're, you know, there's three people in front of you. They're going to change the board around dramatically. So it does have some AP, but if you can get through that, it's super fun and it just looks great because it's five or it's Days of Wonder. So my number 59, five tribes. I can't remember if I've talked about this one yet or not. I think it might be higher. I like this game. Uh, the production is insane. And it's it does have like a really neat um, like mechanic that you don't see that often. So it's a good choice. My number 59 is a game about spies. And I love spy theme. I wish we used it more. Uh, my number 59 is a game called Covert. And we picked this one up off of like a super sale table. Because I'm like, ooh, spies, that sounds cool. Um, it's basically, it's like pro, you program your workers and then you fire off all your actions. And you are going to different places to collect like spy gear that you need to fulfill certain contracts. You are um, like toggling through some numbers to unlock suitcases. I mean, you're just doing cool spy stuff. I don't like I don't think together they feel real thematic, but each thing that you can do is very spy themed and um, like deciding where to go and like to beat out other people to certain things like it's got like shoe phones and um, yeah, it's like get smart style spy. Yeah. And I just really love that. It's like I think a really an underrated game. I don't know that a lot of people talk about it, but if you like spy theme and um you know, I'd say it's hard. It's a worker placement that you program your workers. Um, you should totally check out Covert, my number 59. I don't know who's it by or anything. It's Renegade, and Ken Klinko is the designer. Uh, my number 58 is a game by Uwe Rosenberg. I think that's right. Yes, that is right. I was drawing a blank. <laughs> this is after he got sucked up by the aliens and had to feed people, remember? Uh, and this game is Agricola. So this is a game where it's a worker placement game where you're going out to collect different types of resources to build buildings, different types of food to feed your people, because this is the game where he wanted to just start feeding your people or you have to beg and lose a bunch of points. And you, there's also, to go along with that, there's these cards that you can have that are like minor occupations and major occupations that when you play them, you have special abilities throughout the game, and you can have piles of them. There are just so many cards that you can get throughout the game to just change the game around. You can have kids, you can have animals in your pens. Just It's basically like living life. But more punishing, I think, almost. <laughs> no. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they don't have to homeschool their kids in this game. <laughs> um, so, my number 58, an Uwe Rosenberg classic, Agricola. I really like Agricola. Um, I love to play with all the little meeple and all the wooden shaped pieces. That's my jam. Um, and I've never played Caverna, so those of you that want to get up in arms about Caverna, one of these days I'll play it. Um, but there's, like, really cool like card selection here that you can get jobs and different things specialties i forget they're called um but that makes it really good so my number 58 we just talked about and played and that is harry potter hogwarts battle and i'll include all the expansions in here just because but even without them i love this game it is a deck builder i love deck builders it is so 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 deeply thematic if you are a potterhead like me like, it's so hard to resist because you're seeing all your favorite characters come out. They do things that are really in keeping with their personalities. Um, each character deck has items that you know belong to those people. I always play Hermione because I love her so much and we are like kindred spirits. Um, 
it's just a fun game. It's nice to all gang up on Voldemort and the baddies. Um, it's it's just good. It's good, clean fun. So number fifty eight, Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle. Yeah, that is a good one. I don't have much more to say because we talked about it up at the top, but it is a good one. All right, my number fifty seven is another Bruno Catala game. So this is my Bruno Catala list, apparently. <laughs> And this is a push-your-luck game, sort of. And it's called Abyss. So what you're trying to do in this is you are going down into the depths and you're trying to collect different types of, I think they're called like allies or something. They're these little tiny cards that have different colors on them. (laughs) (laughs) They mean things and they have like different races or whatever. I don't care. They're red, blue, yellow, white, and green. Um, So what you're doing is you're trying to decide if you want to take a card that has a certain value up at the front. So say I got a three blue. I'm trying to decide if I want to take that card or if I want to auction that off to other people so someone else can buy it. If I pass that card, then I'll, you know, keep going. But eventually there'll come a point when I have to take a card and it could be a terrible card that I don't want. So you're trying to decide, you know, take a card early or push your luck and see what happens. And then what you're going to use those cards to buy these or recruit these like generals or I thought those were the allies. Leaders. Yeah, I don't know. But you're using the little cards to hire bigger cards. That are going to give you like special abilities, and you're also going to be getting these keys that are going to help you unlock different like locations. I, I don't know what those are actually called, but they're these little extra boards you can just get that are like really big and awkward that are going to give you extra points. So you're just pushing your luck to get cards to score points. And I think after someone hires like seven people, seven of the big cards, the game's over. It looks really nice. It has cool art. It has a lot of black. The box is kind of gross, but I like the way it looks on the table. So my number fifty-seven, Abyss. Yeah, I never would have picked up Abyss based on the box because I thought it looked like some scary, like, dungeon crawl fighter thing. But it's so not. And the artwork inside is much prettier. And the gameplay is really fun. And I love um, the pearls that you get. Like, that's, like, my favorite thing. Of course it is. Some kind of random thing that I can play with. Um, My number, 57, it's a huge drop. It was probably in my top. 10 I think last year but it's just because I haven't played it very much and honestly maybe we've only played this at two um but the game is Trismegistus this game is amazing it is thinky it is about um alchemy where you're like converting different elements into other things and so it's a lot of okay I need this type of metal. Okay, how do I get that? Well, then I have to go here to get that. Well, then that's going to convert to this. And do I want to keep it like that or do I want to change it to something else? And do I want to follow you in your action or not? Because it's got some of the Italians, if I'm right, Mm -hmm. in that design. So it's like, okay, do I take like an extra action when you take your action? Or do I want to save that? There are just so many really cool decisions on this. Um... And I liked it the, the couple times I've played, and I just want I just need to play it more. It's so good. It's a really like if you want to go from you know pretty decent medium weight game to what heavier game is like. Trismegistus is where it's at. So that is my number fifty seven. Yeah, this game is good. It's probably one of the heavier Italian games for sure. Like it, it's not hard to play, but man, mixing like turning that stuff into other stuff and following the path. That can mess with your head a little bit. So yeah, that's a good one. Uh, it's higher on my list. My number 56 is a game from Paolo Mori, and it is called Libertalia. So this is a game where it's a simultaneous action selection game. So everybody has, starts out with the same cards. And what you're going to do is you're going to be playing a card face down, and then you're going to flip your card. And based on 
like lowest to highest value at different phases is going to determine how the card fires. If there's a tie, there are little numbers on the cards that are going to break the tie. So different people have different tiebreakers for each card. But as the game goes on, people are going to keep some different cards back. So during the later rounds, you're never going to really know what cards people have. What you're trying to do is you're trying to collect different types of like treasure, um, sabers to kill other people's stuff. Um, you're just trying to score the most points effectively by getting treasure. Uh, it's a really cool game. It's not hard to play if you can, you know, if, if you can play a card at the same time as everybody else, you can play this game. And it has cool pirates. But tricky part about this one is I think it's hard to find now. So if you don't have it, sorry, but you can find it on BGG probably. So my number 56, Libertalia. I really like this game um, a lot. It might be higher. I honestly don't know. Um, because in general, I have no idea where anything is. But I knew, do know I like this. I like pirate games a lot. And this one is really cool. And I like to say Paolo Mori. <laughs> so my number 56 is what I would consider a party game. Because you can play it with a lot of people. But this is one of the best par- non-party party games out there. And that is Ladies and Gentlemen. This is another uh, random acquisition for us. I kept seeing it at this game store. And I'm like, this looks so fun, babe. This looks so fun. And he's like, Aah. So finally, Jason gave in and bought it. And we have played it. And it is so fun. So you've got, have we talked, we maybe have talked about this. I don't know if it's in the live or in the top 100, but you've got ladies on one side, gentlemen on the other. Again, you can have ladies play ladies or gentlemen play, it doesn't matter. Someday I'm going to play the lady part because it seems way more interesting than the gentleman part. I have only played the lady part and it is awesome and I dominate at this game. The ladies are putting together the best outfit to go to a ball um, look, you're trying to get sales. You're you're kind of trying to outthink your opponents. It's card drafting, and then at the end of your shopping day, you send your items over to the gentleman who has been working the stock market, and he is going to purchase some items or put some on layaway or not purchase them, and so. But he doesn't know as the lady what you're working on for your outfit, what you're putting together, and. A lot of the burden of um, the points falls to the ladies part of this game, which is why I, I really, I really like it. It's fun. It's kooky. When you get into the roles, it's hilarious. My A couple of our friends like insisted on speaking with accents for like no reason during this. There was a reason. It was hilarious. <laughs> True. Um, and so just saying, no, dear, we, we can't afford that. Or this is preposterous. How dare you refuse me? It's just hilarious. So that is an end of a fun game to play. My number 56, ladies and gentlemen. And don't take your te- yourself too seriously in it. It's yes, it's a super like gender role game. Who cares? Play as a female if you're a guy. Who cares? It's fun. Uh, Minor of 55 is a game from Keymaster. We love Keymaster here. Yes. And this is Parks. This could be Parks with or without Nightfall. I don't really care because Nightfall doesn't change the game enough for me to probably affect my my ranking here. So Parks is a, a worker movement game. <laughs> Where you have a couple hikers and you're moving across this trail to collect different types of water, mountains. Uh, well, visit parks, I guess, to get water, mountain, tree, and sun. And then you're using those resources to go officially visit parks and buy the cards, score points. It's a really easy game to play. It's easy to teach. 
It's gorgeous to look at. It has nice little bits. has great production in the box. A nice metal first player marker. Everything about this game is incredible. The production's way, way more than it needed to be for what this game is. But I think it actually enhances the game a little bit. So, my number 55, Keymaster Great Parks. I love this game. I'm sure it is higher on my list. So, we will talk about Parks again. My number 55 is a total pusher luck game. And I think the pusher luck aspect of this just enhances the theme. And it's called Fool's Gold. This is another like Black Friday, I don't know, $10, $5 deal that we randomly got. If that much. If that, I forget. Does it, does it have a sort of, um, it has, you know, tool, you know, tool art. You know, tool, yeah. I know that. I have no idea who the designer is or who makes it. But I do remember the Eno tool of the art, so it's pretty cool. In this, you are miners, and you mine over, I don't know, maybe four or five years. And you have different mine locations. There's hills, there's the mountain, there's the lake, there's the forest, there's the river. I think that's all of them. There might be one more. I don't know. Anyway, you're mining all these different parts. Each of the different parts of the land has differing amounts of gold, but... There's also, like you would when you go mining, there is, you're going to find dirt. You might find gems. You might have um, bad weather. You might find fool's gold. So um, you go and you mine by going through these decks of cards. And you take the number of miners there um, by the number of dice you get, because you're going to check a whole bunch of dice at the beginning, um, to see how many cards you turn over as you dig at the sites. It is that pusher luck because sometimes you might just get a whole bunch of dirt. Um, or you the gem piece is like a set collection. It's just like pretty laid back, fun, kind of like card turning and like worker placement with a really great like gold rush theme, which I think is is what makes it fun. So I really like this game. And I don't. I think it's also a pretty under the radar game. So that's my number fifty five. Fool's gold. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, push your luck. That's all I you needed to say to have me in it. But yeah, it looks really nice too. It's it's actually more difficult than some other push your luck games, mm-hmm. but I still enjoy it. Be- probably because of that. So my number fifty four. I was actually trying to look up because I don't really know what this word means. Does that mean like merchant? I think it, the roots are in that. Yeah. So my number fifty four is another Uve game, and it is called Mercator. Now. That word is way cooler than just saying market or merchant. So Mercator is definitely cooler. Uh, But what this game is, is it's a pickup and deliver game. You're going to different locations on the map, getting different types of goods. And then you're going to other places on the map to sell those types of goods that you got earlier. It seems like it's going to be easy, but there's nothing easy about this game. The locations that need the goods do not work with where you have to go to get the goods at all. And you're you're piggybacking off of other people just to maybe not even be super efficient, but just to get that one extra good you may need at some point in time, so you can make your delivery more valuable. It's it's a brain burner of a game that's pretty easy to play, but man, it it's tough. But I like it. So my number fifty four, Mercator. Yeah, that game is freaking hard, but it is really fun. It's just like. You're like, oh, I got this stuff. Crap, I'm not even close to the place where I need to be. And neither are you. And neither are you. Awesome. It's, yeah, it really, um, it's hard. But it is good. My number 54 is a much lighter game. And this is a game that I used to hate, 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 hate. 
And for your all's sake, I gave it a second try. And now it is my number 54, and that is Broom Service. Um, Broom Service, Ravensburger is the one that we have. I do know that. And Alexander Fister. Alexander Fister. Okay. Sure. Uh, that's the only... Don't, is, do you black out Hong Kong, too? Yeah. Hey, look at me go. I know something. Katie's learning. <laughs> You're welcome, Alexander Fister. Um, in Broom Service, you've got these witches and these fairies and... Druids. And druids. Oh, yeah. And you're delivering stuff sometimes. Yeah, you're going to deliver potions or you're going to try to, like, tackle some bad weather. Um, I love the round cards that are events that you can choose to jump in on or not. And you're trying to decide, am I going to be brave first? I want to be brave last so I get the best movement it's a little bit silly in that saying, like, I'm a cowardly green druid or whatever, valley druid. I don't know. Um, so it's a little ridiculous in that. But that that kind of, like, it is push or luck. Um, do I go with the safe option and get not as good of a, a turn? Or do I go with the completely unsafe option and hope it pays off? Um, and it just looks like it's like cute little fairy tale art. I, I it is really really grown on me, and that's my number fifty four broom service. Yeah, it's always fun hearing grown adults say, "I'm a brave weather fairy, <laughs> I'm a cowardly weather fairy." That's it's ridiculous, but it's a really good game. Uh, my number fifty three is a Stonemeyer game, and I'm not going to talk about this one a ton because it's super hot, and it's called Wingspan. Well, it was hot as in like a year ago, so it's probably nobody knows what it is now, but. <laughs> So this is a game where um, you're building an engine on your player board with different types of birds and different habitats. And you're trying to, the more birds you have in your habitat, the more powerful that every action is going to take in that habitat. I think there's forest, plains, and water, or grasslands and water, something like that. And certain birds can only live in certain places. Um, and the more birds you have out, the stronger your action is going to be. Some of the birds will have special abilities that when... You take that action. If they're brown, then they're going to activate as well in that that place. But the weird thing about this game is the as the rounds go on, you have less workers to do things with, or less cubes to take actions with. And that kind of is irritating because you want to do more of it at the end, but you have less stuff to do, less cubes to do stuff with. But still a good game. So my number 53, Wingspan. Yeah, I feel like this one's probably higher for me because I really like this game. I love engine builders. It's kind of probably getting hot again because the new expansion, the Oceana expansion's out now, I think, um, which we don't have yet, but definitely want. So we might talk about Wingspan again later. My number 53 is another Pusher Luck game. I've had several Pusher Lucks on this one. Interesting. Ooh, I see a crossover. Um, but my number 53, um, I heard about courtesy of Mike Percorni, I do believe, and that is Fire in the Library. And Fire in the Library is a bag drawing game, and you are trying to save as many books as possible from a burning library. Um, and depending on, like, the, the unique, some of the unique mechanics of this is depending on when your turn is, um, is how much you're kind of, not resistant to fire, but if you're the first one to rush into a fire, it's pretty dangerous. But you have the chance of getting out some really great books. If you go last, um, probably not quite as dangerous, but it's a little bit of a struggle to find the books because it's been burning for a while. And there's also these really great um, 
like tools that you can get to help mitigate some of your draws and like kind of um, allow you to really catch up in points in like one round. It's amazing what you can do. Um, I would probably, this game would be higher if I had the actual book meeples, but I don't. I just have chits or cardboard chits or something. I have cubes because cubes cubes. are amazing. (sighs) But I do really love this game. It's just a fun little light one that I think is a nice um, bag draw. So that is my number 53, Fire in the Library. Cubes are the best. All right. My number 52 is a game from Plaid Hat. This will be the only Plaid Hat game that comes anywhere close to being (laughs) on my list ever. And this game is called Abomination the Era of Frankenstein. This is a worker placement game, effectively. But what you're doing is you are moving around the city of Paris, I think. Is that right? It's Paris or London, one of those two. And what you're trying to do is you are trying to get body parts, bones, blood, organs, all that good stuff, to create your own Frankenstein monster because Dr. Frankenstein's monster is lonely and he wants a companion. And then after you do that, then you're going to try to shock him to life. I think, or it can be a her. You can make a him or a her, I think. Um, and, but shocking them is risky. Could damage your parts. Could make you lose your part after all that hard work. You're going to score points for building parts. You're going to score points for bringing parts to life. Um, there's going to be some events that show up that may slap you around, may shut some spaces down, may put a new beheading in the town square that has really fresh body parts that will last a long time. Kind of macabre, but I like the theme. The game's really fun. So it's on my list. Number 52 for me is Abomination, the Heir of Frankenstein. I may have already talked about this game, but I do really like it. Um, it got kind of a lot of crap from people like, it's too long and I don't understand the the story parts. They're not that big of a deal. Get over it. The game's fun. Um, my number 52, is this a plot hat game too? Yes. Interesting. A game Jason will never play. I'll never play this. I don't even like looking at it on the list. Oh my gosh. It's so good. And... Like, I honestly played this once, and it's in my number 52, and that's Forgotten Waters. Um, this is a pirate-themed game, and it's it's like a light role player. It would be a great introductory RPG for people where you are this pirate, and there's some, like, kind of fun little Mad Lib things that you fill in to get your character And then you go through a quest. And there are several different ones. And I love that the actual book looks like a book. And you're turning to different pages. And you're doing things. And you're sailing on the map on the book parts. And each round, you everyone has to decide, okay, here's these actions that need to be done or can be done. Who's doing what? Um, Just lots of different variability. Um, The app that you can play with is really cool. I have heard that the there's a remote kind of version way to play this that works really well because it keeps track of all that kind of stuff. But playing it in person with people is so, so fun to like act out and use all the cool pirate booty that you have. And just to, I, I, it's just unlike any other game I've ever played. And I can't wait to go through another scenario. And so that is my number 52, Forgotten Waters. Abomination's great. Oh my gosh, stop. So my 51, the last one <laughs> I want to talk about on this list this week is another... Oh, no, this is a Stefan Feld game. I was going to give Uwe credit. No, this is yeah, Feld. And this is from Queen and Stefan Feld, and it's called Amerigo. And this is a game where you are exploring these islands, trying to collect different, I don't know, tea and strumpets and stuff. Strumpets? <laughs> 
No. And you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to get these different things so you can get other bigger pieces to multiply with them and score a bunch of points. But ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to build your color polyominoes on this island when the island gets closed based on how many trading houses you have on the island or everybody has on the islands, you're going to score some points. Um, there's a boat you're moving around. There's some pirates that show up and you have to shoot cannonballs at them. Um, there's some bonus tiles you can get to score points. It's just a bunch of ways to score points with a bunch of different cubes that you're going to be dropping in a tower and the cubes that come out, the color are the, uh, the colors are the actions you're allowed to take. And the strength of the action is the amount of the most cube that comes out. So if eight cubes come out and six of them are blue, but there's also a red and a green, you can take blue, red, and green at a power of six, which is pretty cool. So you have six action points to do with whatever you want in those three actions. You're going to play through, I think, like five rounds or something, and then in true Steffenfeld fashion, whoever has the most points is the winner. Um, This is a really fun game. It has a lot of stuff to set up, which seems a little overkill for kind of what the game is, but still good. So my number 51, Amerigo. Yeah, I just played this for the first time, and it just fell outside my top 100 after one play. It's really good. The cube tower mechanic is cool. Like, I was really impressed at this game. I liked it a lot. So my last game, my number 51, um, may sound familiar, and it is Abyss. This game is great. Like I said before, the box looks like, ooh, it's going to be scary fighting. It's not. The inside is pretty underwater, aquatic, like, people with pearls and um the cool auction-y push or luck kind of thing um unlock treasures it's just the aesthetic is great the gameplay is fun we already talked about it so my number 51 abyss all right and that is number 60 through 51 so let's do a quick recap on these 10 before next week we head into the beginning of the top 50 jason all right, so my number 60 is Paris. My number 59 is Five Tribes. My number 58 is Agricola. 57 is Abyss. 56, Libertalia. 55, Parks. 54, Mercator. 53, Wingspan. 52, Abomination, the Heir of Frankenstein. And 51, Amerigo. And my number 60 is Illimat. 59, Covert. 58, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. 57, Trisma Justice. 56, Ladies and Gentlemen. 55, Fool's Gold. 54, Broom Service. 53, Fire in the Library. 52, Forgotten Waters. And number 51, also Abyss. Thanks for giving us a week to recover, guys. We are so happy to be back podcasting. We're happy to be back in like what feels like the land of the living after those 10 days of COVID-19. Um, we can say with confidence, though, that we shouldn't miss any more weeks for at least like eight months with COVID. That's right. We we have those <laughs> antibodies, man. We are ready to go. We're like superheroes right now. Like, Just let me know if you want some super spit. That's right. We'll send it to you. <laughs> So that's our 60 through 51. Um, I don't know if you guys have done your rankings on Pub Meeple. I would love to see them if you have. Um, Do we mention any games that you've never heard of before that you want to try? Please let us know. Find us on Facebook. If you aren't part of the hashtag The Riveted Community, you need to be a part. Everybody there is awesome. 
and positive, and we're just all about playing fun games. Everyone's great. Look us up on Instagram, on Twitter, and definitely on YouTube. We've been a little bit slower in our video content, but we actually bought a new computer. So we're hoping that'll help us put out more videos on YouTube. So like, subscribe, comment. We'd love to hear from you guys. The whole reason we do this is for the free games and then to go to cons. But then third, it's you. Yeah, definitely for the free games. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's everything for this week. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.